welcome once again to another edition of the Biblical Resolutions Podcast. Brought to you by the House of Jacob Bible Study Class, located at 2515 East 75th Street in Chicago, Illinois. And today we have made it to episode number 12, where we will be talking about order and balance order and balance and i want to remind the listeners as always to please follow the biblical resolutions podcast by going to our podcast page which is hojbible.podbean.com you can also listen uh to other episodes and to this one when it's uploaded on the house of jacob's website which is the house of jacob .org, thehouseofjacob.org. And so I want to introduce the brothers today. We have uh, Brother Ahissamak, we have Brother Terry, we have Brother Solomon, and we have Brother Benaya today on the podcast. Um, to remind the listeners also, you can also listen to the podcast on iTunes. And if you do, please give us a rating so that that uh that will help our exposure on itunes so let's get into it we're talking about order and balance and what brought this topic about is the lord has a certain order and balance that he deals with um it's all through the scriptures you know he has an order with the way he the way uh he set up the creation is set up in a certain order um all those laws in Leviticus Exodus and Leviticus numbers Deuteronomy just about you know data how you deal with your brother and sister from day to day you know he has a certain order with how you should do that he has a certain order with the priesthood and and how the Levites had to operate so it is a, a very vast subject, but we we're going to touch on just a few of them today. We're going to look at order in the church and we're going to look at order in the family. We just going to keep it simple. We can't we can't go through all the scriptures, but God deals with order. He does not deal with disorder. He does not deal with um man just running around in chaos he left us this book so that we would understand his order and understand how to follow it but what we want to look at is where we at today you know where where is the earth where is the world at in this present day are we dealing with order or is the world you know uh consumed in with disorder but we're going to let the scriptures tell us like we do on, on every other podcast. We're going to give you the word of God. We're going to give you the scriptures because this is what this podcast is about. Um, and we're going to start off in Isaiah 24. And we're going to pick it up at verse one and then we're going to skip. But brother Ahissamak is going to elaborate first on uh, Isaiah 24. So when you. Isaiah 24. And one, okay, Bro- brother Hissamak. Uh, okay, I'm 
I'm you, sorry. You you up first, brother. Okay, then I'm sorry. My mic is muted, but definitely, um, you know, this is where um, God is telling us where the where the world is, where the earth is at, and uh, it's Isaiah 24 and one, brother Vanell. When you get it, you can go ahead and read, brother. Behold, the Lord maketh the earth empty and maketh it waste and turneth it upside down and scattereth abroad the inhabitants thereof. And, see, and it shall be. I'm sorry, brother. That's good. But you see the Lord making the look. This is all the Lord's doing. Okay. The Lord maketh the earth empty. Uh, he maketh the way he turning it upside down. Skip down now, brother, to verse four and continue reading, brother. The earth mourneth and fadeth away. The world languisheth and fadeth away. And the hearty people of the earth do languish. The earth also is defiled under the inhabitants thereof because they have transgressed the laws, changing the ordinance, broken the everlasting covenants. Mm -hmm. Therefore hath the curse devoured the earth, and they that dwell therein are desolate. Therefore the inhabitants of the earth are burned and few men left. So the, this is this is the state of the earth. The earth is defiled under the inhabitants thereof because they've changed and transgressed the laws. Things are out of course. Things are not in the proper course or in the proper um, space that they need to be for it to be order and balance. They've gotten so far away from, thus said the Lord, and away from uh, order and balance and constructive and productive things according to thus said the Lord. Now, Everything is, the earth is desolate. It's burned and there's only few men left. This is what happens when there is disorder and a lack of order and balance in the world, collectively as a whole. It started with us as a people and our forefathers early on, and it just spread and infected everything like a cancer. Once things are out of course, once the order is gone, here come chaos, here come destruction, here come uh, all these different things that throw off the balance. Yes, sir. So I, I wanna I wanna also uh let the listeners know because some of this some of this what we read and has not happened yet. Mm -hmm. Um at the coming of the Lord it it will be few men left. Uh, uh the, the the book talks about uh the elements melting with fervent heat at the coming of the Lord. So um just just in case the listeners don't un they reading this part about where it says uh therefore the inhabitants of the earth are burned and few men left that has yet to happen but that's going to come that's going to happen when the lord makes his return and then he takes down the nations by force but what is happening now is this disorder is this um uh the earth is defiled because the ordinance uh a man has totally disregarded the changed the ordinances of god for the most part they have broken the everlasting covenant uh which is the commandments of god and so the earth is just going further and further into desolation mm -hmm. and at the time appointed the lord is gonna uh rain down judgment upon upon the uh upon the disobedient 
but uh, we're going to move right along. we just trying to set the stage for this. The earth is in disorder. Mm-hmm. Um, anybody that can't see that, um, something wrong with you. You know the earth is out of order. Man is out of order. People are losing their mind, it seems like, more and more. But let's go to Ecclesiastes, the third chapter. Mm-hmm. Ecclesiastes, the third chapter. Ecclesiastes 3. And uh, we're going to pick it up at verse 16. And, and Brother Hissamak, uh, you're going to elaborate on this one also. Yeah, definitely. Uh, this, this, again, is, is, is pretty pretty much straightforward. But, you know, w- when you look at the scripture, man, you, you things are out of order in such a way that this is what takes place. Uh, Ecclesiastes 3 and 16. And Brother Benel, when you get it, you can go ahead and read it. And moreover. I saw under the sun the place of judgment that wickedness was there mm-hmm. and the place of righteousness that iniquity was there. And and this goes along with Isaiah the 24th chapter, that things are upside down, that where judgment is at is wickedness. And the place that righteousness should have been, it's iniquity. This is what happens when there is no order and balance chaos and all these other things come in and now judgment is perverted where you look for righteousness it's iniquity and 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 all these things that's contrary to truth and salvation is there you know it's a tone that god set for us as servants to have or that the world should have balance and when these things are upside down you got chaos you don't know what's right and wrong. You're doing what you feel and things get out of order. But this is a, a, a excellent scripture that highlights that. Yes, sir. And then I, I want to say what you just said also about, you know, you doing what you feel. For some reason, people think when they serve God, they can do what they feel or serve him how they feel. But that is the absolute definition of chaos mm-hmm. because man, man's mind changes every five minutes. I mean, whatever you, depending on what situation you're in, depending on how you feel, depending on how much sleep you got, depending on how much money you got in your pocket, all that stuff changes. It, it distorts your thinking. It, 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 it it moves you to these all these different feelings and emotions and when 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 it's like that then how can you do what you feel because if you just operating on how you serving god according to how you feel then you ain't gonna serve him the same way yep you're gonna serve him different different ways depending on how you feel mm-hmm. and this is what people not understanding but this is one of the reasons why there is no order and balance because everybody doing what they feel. Mm-hmm. Everybody serving God based on what their mind is telling them is right and not according to the word of God. Mm-hmm. But let's move on to first Corinthians 14. And we gonna we going to uh, pick it up at verse 26 and brother Solomon is going to uh, speak on this first. Yes, sir. And I'm glad that you guys, you know, I'm glad, Obi, I'm glad you guys put that uh, that little base to it right here because to understand that everything is out of order, now we understand why everything needs to be back in order 
And with that understanding, we need to figure out what order things should be in. And God has given us a clear example here in uh, in first in first Corinthians, uh, you know, what some of that order looks like, especially within the church. So we want to pick it up at verse 26, first Corinthians 14 and 26. How is it then, brethren, when you come together, every one of you have a psalm, have a doctrine, have a tongue, have the revelation, have an interpretation. Let all things be done unto edifying. All right, so everybody has their job to do. You know, when we come together, just like we come together here, you know, over you set certain things up, you set emails out, you get, you know, everybody sends you, you know, the way we got everything set up, everything has an order to it. And every time that we work together, we try to make sure that that order is better and better. And there's no different here, especially, you know, in the scriptures here. Everyone has a, you know, one person has a psalm, somebody has a doctrine, so, you know, have a tongue, have a revelation, but all things be done unto edifying because if all of it doesn't make sense then it doesn't even matter at the end of the day and if you go ahead script down to verse 33 let's pick it up there to emphasize this for god is not the author of confusion but of peace as in all churches of the saints exactly so like like we said a little bit earlier if, if man is just doing what man will pop into man's mind then this this world is is going to be in confusion as we can see it is in confusion now because the people who run in the earth are doing whatever comes to their mind just like that they're not regarding god they're not taking a look at the bible say well what would god say about the way we govern in our countries or the way we govern in our churches or the way we govern in our households etc you know uh, and things are in the in, in confusion uh and god is not about that confusion uh, and we can go ahead and pick up at verse 40 and he'll let you know exactly how he wants things done uh whenever you're ready brother brother benaya verse 40 yes sir Whenever you're ready. Let all things be done decently and in order. Not some things, not a few of the things, not most of the things. Everything you do as a servant of God, you should be making sure that it's done decently and in order. If you're going to take time to do something, do it right. You know, there's no reason to do things in a messy way. Sometimes things take time to be done right. You can't do everything in a snap of a finger and get done right. You know, so, you know, in this case here, you know, everything should be done decently and in order. People have positions. You know, they should be taking their positions and doing things decently and in order to make sure that there's no chaos. And he's just giving us a blueprint here. And I thought it was important to bring it out. Yes, sir. And so you have we all have to understand because, you know, man, man lacks patience. Um, but you have to look at things long term. You know, if you follow the order in the long run, it's going to work out the way it's supposed to. Um, and it's no different with serving God. It's no different with the word of God. It's, you just have to keep striving. Like the Lord, Lord said, you got to endure unto the end. He that endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. That's, that's what we dealing with. You have to follow his order, follow his word. And in the end, you going to obtain salvation. You might not, get that $40 an hour job you want. You might not ever get that Benz you want. You might not get that eight bedroom house you want. But what you gonna get if you follow the order that the Lord set up is salvation. And once we understand that salvation is what it's about, 
and not just about toys and things, then we can better deal with some of these really a lot of times small setbacks that we dealing with. Mm -hmm. We just have to follow the order. So let's move right along. Let's go to Philemon, the first chapter. Philemon, the first chapter. And uh, we're going to pick it up at verse 10. And Brother Hissamak is going to speak on this. But Philemon, the first chapter. And that's, uh, I believe, right right before Hebrews. Yeah, right behind Titus. Right after Titus, right before Hebrews, it is Philemon. It's really only it's, it's only one chapter. One chapter. Mm-hmm. But uh, we're gonna pick it up in verse ten. So, uh, yeah. brother Benai, if you ready? Oh, I'm sorry, brother. Go ahead. I, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, no problem, brother. But um, this is um, Paul. He's up in age. Um, you know, but he he had people that's been working with him going around. And I guess something happened or some things are going on in the in the with the brothers. And um he 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 trying to, you know, let the brothers know that some other brothers know, hey man, he a good worker. I know some things might not be right, but he he good with the Lord. But this is uh Philemon, the first chapter in verse 10. Brother Benel, when you get it, go ahead and read, brother. I beseech thee for my son Onesimus who I have begotten in my bonds, which in time past was to thee unprofitable, but now profitable to thee and to me. Mm-hmm. Whom, I have sent, whom I have sent again, thou therefore receive him, that is, mine own bowels, mm-hmm. whom I would have retained with me, that in thy stead he might have ministered unto me in the bonds of the gospel. But without thy mind would I do nothing, that it, that thy benefit should not be as it were of necessity, but willingly. For perhaps he therefore departed for a season that thou shouldest receive him forever. Mm-hmm. Not now as a servant, but above a servant, a brother, beloved, especially to me. But how much more unto thee, both in the flesh and in the Lord. So right here, Paul is, you know, he... He, he trying to let these brothers know how good this brother is, okay? Or, you know, and some things might have went on, but he's, man, he's he been grinding in this gospel, and he's been and he profitable in this gospel. And I want y'all to receive him well in this gospel because right here I can see Paul was trying to put two, two parties together in order and structure because the work was bigger than what they was you know, maybe he had a fell out about or didn't agree on. He's trying to put two parties together. But brother, keep keep reading. 17. Mm-hmm. If thou count me therefore a partner, receive him as myself. Mm-hmm. He's saying, receive this brother as if I'm your brother or your partner, receive this brother as the same. Go ahead and keep reading, brother. If he hath wronged thee, I owe or owe if thee aught that on mine account, put mm-hmm. that on mine account. Mm-hmm. I, Paul, hath written with mine own hand, I will repay it. Albeit I do not say to thee how thou owest unto me even thine own selves besides. So Paul, you know, kind of pull a trump card out on them at the end. <laughs> say, hey, man, if he do anything, put it on me, I'm going to pay it. But I don't want to say how you owe me, bro. <laughs> how good I've been to you and you still owe me. 
that, that's some Israel, that's some Israelite that's some Israelite stuff <laughs> for real. I'm gonna pay you, man, but uh, I want you to remember though, you owe me yourself, brother. <laughs> but 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 I see Paul was trying to get them to receive his brother. They wanted to. He wanted them to be as a unit, as one, because he said, "Hey, man, he been good to me and been profitable to me." And I know we even ran across some situations like, "Oh, man, that brother cool," but you might have been rubbed the wrong way with that brother or that sister, and you be like, "Oh, man, you probably got to look past that." Or, "Hey, man, it's probably a smaller misunderstanding." Together, we stronger. Not with you feeling this way and that brother feeling this way. We all working towards one goal, and that's salvation. And that's the work of the ministry. It's a whole lot of work that they had to do and had to complete. And you need as many laborers as you can get. This brother good. He profitable. Man, go on. Let's, let's work together. But this is one real good scripture to really point out how they, how Paul is going between these two to put this thing together to do greater work, to, to, to establish more order and balance, even with the brotherhood in the church. Yes, sir. And, uh, you know, that's that's something that um, that's something we should really pay attention to. You know, sometimes, you know, we feel like, look, I ain't going to get in between that. But um, if you know a brother, man, is is, is profitable in, in the gospel or, you know, a brother, uh, you've been dealing with a brother and, you know, that brother is done, done showed you that, hey, man, they feel God. You know, maybe they had a maybe they had a few words with another brother, you know, in a in a different time. You know, we, we shouldn't be afraid to speak up for that brother mm-hmm. and say, hey, you know, hey man, I understand maybe y'all had a y'all had a disagreement or this and that happened, but this brother, I me and this brother, we've been riding together, man. That brother is not that brother ain't he ain't like that. That that brother is that brother is laboring in his ministry. So sometimes, man, you know, you you have to speak up for a brother when the Lord show you uh through that brother's works that hey man, they 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 trying to do they trying to do godly works and they trying to live godly. You know, we shouldn't we you know, we can't always we can't we shouldn't let that we shouldn't let that fester because sometimes you have to have somebody step in and and say, hey. You know, hey, bro. You know, we cool, man. So I'm, 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 I'm letting you know, man. That this brother, that that brother's, that brother's all right, man. He, he, he fear God. I done been with the brother. I see that he fear God, and his works is showing it. You know, so because it is about unity, man, amongst the brethren, not about, you know, not about separation. And this keeps order. Mm-hmm. This, this keeps down the very thing that that causes disorder which is discord this, this is gonna keep that down mm-hmm. because on the, on the strength of what a hissamac is telling me even though i might look at a i might it might be a brother i don't know about him but if a hissamac because my relationship with a hissamac and he say hey, brother i'm telling you man this brother's good man hey receive that brother like like you received me i'm gonna honor that because a hissamac is my brother we got that relationship so i'm gonna honor that but that's gonna keep down the discord that's gonna keep keep down all anything that could come out of that me talking about you behind your back that person talking about me behind my it's gonna it's gonna keep all of that down it's gonna bring about peace uh within the body which is what what we supposed to be doing yes sir 
Uh, but let's move on. Let's go to uh, we going to Romans twelve and Brother Solomon. Yeah. Um, and and we we dealing with, you know, what what we dealing with is keeping order in the church and what order looks like within the body of Christ, because it it can't be everybody got a different doctrine, everybody got a different tongue, everybody got all these uh all these strange revelations and all of it. it it's it's order it, it is order and this is how the lord wanted to be go ahead brother yeah, Simon. absolutely jesus jesus came with the father's message man jesus didn't come with his own message and he stated that very very clearly he came with the father's message and he gave us the task to continue the father's message he did not give us the authority to do our own thing and, and use his name on top of it you know, so if we're going to say that we follow in the Christ and we follow in the Messiah and, and that we follow in the Father, then we got to say what the Father said. And this is what, you know, this is part of it right here. And he has an order because who wants to who wants to follow a God that doesn't have order? I mean, come on, man. That's that's a, um, you know, chaos is not that that's that's not of God. That's not a characteristic that a God should show. Uh, so this is part of how you know that God is real because he has order. He has truth. He has things in a certain place because that's what is right. You know, so right here, Paul was speaking on it when he was speaking to the Romans because they needed to understand the order of God. You know, he was bringing the Gentiles into the fold. And, and uh, you know, for those that didn't know that now they're going to know. So R Romans 12. Uh, we're going to pick it up at verse 4, Brother Benign, and whenever you're ready, you can uh, start it off there. For as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office, so we, being many, are one body in Christ, and every one members one of another. So real quick, before you, there you go. Uh, so when we come together, we're, we're still one body in Christ. It ain't, I'm going to do my thing. You know, Obadiah's going to do his thing, and Hissamak going to do his thing, and, you know, Benai going, it's not like that. When we come to, when we're on our own, we got to do what we have to do. You know, we have our tasks, responsibilities, our homes, and everything like that. But when we come together, we come together, we become one body. We become stronger, but it's one voice under Christ. Go ahead and pick it up at six, brother. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us. Whether prophecy, let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith. Or ministry, let us wait on our ministering. Or he that teacheth on teaching. Or he that exhorteth on exhortation. He that giveth, let him do it with simplicity. He that ruleth with diligence. He that showeth mercy with cheerfulness. So, so not only is he breaking down, you know, how we should be conducting ourselves, but he's breaking down in our positions how, you know, a little bit of detail of those positions. So in verse 8 here, you see him where it says, uh, let him do, you know, uh, or he that exhorted on exhortation, he that giveth, let him do it with simplicity. He shouldn't have no strings attached. 
and all that all that messiness when you give it to somebody something it should be simple give them what you got to give them whether it's the word whether it's financial help whether it's a hug no matter what it may be you know he that ruleth with diligence if you're going to be a ruler you have to be diligent you have to be strong in that position you know so he's giving a little detail that he even said he that showed a, a mercy with cheerfulness you shouldn't be trying to let somebody pass and then you got to remind them hey, hey man i did this you know and, and, and make it seem like they owe you or or, or you you showing the mercy, but you, you you make it seem like with a bitterness, nah, with cheerfulness, like it's nothing. You got you know, there's a certain way to do things because our job is to bring to bring people into the fold, and we have to use these. You know, they're giving us these little keys here to know how to bear fruit the right way. You know, so we want to keep that in mind when we come together as a church, man. We're trying to bring brothers to repentance. We're trying to recover the loss and bring brothers to Christ and to the father and brother and sisters the christ into the father so we should take heed to these instructions because paul as much as he's talked about he turned the whole world out now whether they 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 twisted and corrupted it to the destruction of themselves that's on them but he did his job you know he he brought the world into the fold so it's something that i thought it was very relevant brothers and i wanted to share yes sir so now we we starting to get into you know more um the the, the intricates because everybody got a position, you know, just like just like on the football team. Everybody can't be the quarterback because who going to catch the ball? You know what I'm saying? Everybody can't be the running back because who going to block? Yes, sir. So in the body, it's the same thing. In the body of Christ, it's the same thing. Everybody got has a something that they have to do. Everybody has a job. Let's go to uh, 1 Corinthians 12 and we're going we gonna to pick it up in verse 27. First Corinthians 12, we're going to pick it up at verse 27. Um, we just looking at, again, the order that the Lord is set up in the church. And a lot of and a lot of Paul's a lot of Paul's writings, um, you know, when you really dig into his writings, a lot of his writings was writing letters to try to tell them about keeping that order. Because like usual. You know, if Paul wasn't there, you know, you're going to have somebody that's going to decide that they're going to do do it their own way. But Paul was always writing letters, reminding them, hey, man, you know, keep the doctrine like I delivered it unto you. You know, y'all supposed to be speaking the same thing. He always, a lot of his writings was about, if you if you pay attention, it was about keep in order in in the churches in 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 the, in the places where the lord had him him go and uh uh set up you know set up set up the uh set up set up a congregation hey he was he had to constantly remind him about keeping order because man don't want to deal with order man get too fidgety and he want to do something different he want to do it his way but First Corinthians twelve and Brother Benaiah, if you could pick it up at verse twenty-seven, brother. Now ye are the body of Christ's and members in particular, and God hath set some in the church: first apostles, uh-huh. secondarily prophets, uh-huh. thirdly teachers, uh-huh. after that miracles, then gifts of healings, helps, governments, diversities of tongues. So he 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 broke it down right here. He said, "Look." This is how God set him in the church. Go ahead, brother. Verse 29. 
are all apostles. Absolutely are, not. Go ahead. Are all prophets. Go ahead. Are all teachers. Uh-huh. Are all workers of miracles. Uh-huh. Have all the gifts of healing. Uh-huh. Do all speak with tongues. Uh-huh. Do all interpret. No, everybody don't do everything. And this is what he's reminding them. Look, everybody don't do everything. You got some people that 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 could uh 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 teachers, you got apostles, you got hey, you you have somebody that can do miracles, gifts of healings, helps, uh diversities of tongues, and I don't want nobody to think that's blabberish, but you got somebody in there who can uh who who can interpret another language. You know, you get somebody in there who 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 might know sign language. You see what I'm saying? So you can communicate to somebody in there who maybe don't speak English, who maybe can't hear um, diversity of tongues. But everybody has a job, but you can't do everything. You know, you can't be Superman and do everybody else's job. All you can do is yours. But this is how the Lord set it up. He gave everybody a gift. He gave everybody an ability. And we just have to deal with whatever ability he gave us. We have to use it and, and try to nurture it and use it for the furthering of the gospel. Let's go to uh, Jeremiah, the second chapter. And we're going to read verse three. Because anytime is... Anytime you got discord in the church and you got all these things going on that shouldn't be, a lot of times it's because somebody is, is uh, they might be jealous of another person's position or they might, they might get mad because why, why they got to do it. I could do it better than them. Why the pastor choose them to do this? It's because that was the pastor's decision. Um, brother Hissamak, did you want to say something, brother? No, I'm I'm okay, but it's it's it's, it's that spot on. Again, that yes, that last um uh, uh verses that you read, people got to understand to keep peace in the church. You got to stay in your lane. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and I really realized this. This is how I've gotten growth. I know, man, God gave me one position. I do that one position. I try to be better. I try to grow. And if God give me another gift or more ability, or as I grow, I get more gifts and more ability. I could be more profitable to the Lord. Like I tell um, people all the time, you know, man, don't try to cook 50 dishes for the Lord. Cook the best dishes that you can and put it before the Lord. You know what I'm saying? Cook, do the best in one area and he'll give you more in another area. You know, that's how your gifts grow. That's how you go. And even if the person that it's a person that's looking, is going to look and say, man, that, that person is talented in doing that. And they're going to be like, oh, man, you're going to add to that person. You're going to make you're going to make a whole body stronger. You're going to make everybody stronger in that area. But, man, that's that's a spot-on scripture, brother. Praise God, brother, in Jesus' name. So, um, but but this, this is the understanding. This understanding we, we got to come to, you know, because once you get past, and, and the brothers, brothers always hear me say that, man, once you get past being 
uh puffed up off of all the scriptures you can recite. Then you gonna then you gotta deal, you gotta deal with what's real. And you gotta start dealing with your down your 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 shortcomings. And then you gotta start dealing with how you gonna uh uh deal with your brother and sister in peace, in love, according to the according to the word of God, according to the love of Christ. That is that's the part that a lot of times, man, we we kind of overlooked that because we ain't we not thinking about that. Everybody just thinking about what they know or who or who whatever their position is. But the the real growth is being at peace with your brother and sister and uplifting one another. And and all of us being on one accord, because one, when we all on one accord, then the Lord get an increase because we not all trying to do different different things individually we on the same page that's when the lord really get an increase when we all on the same page but in jeremiah 2 and verse 3 here we just want to look at um you want to look at what is what is israel's role in the church because people think that you know israel don't have nothing to do with the church people don't understand that israel is the church church was church came from the word uh uh congregation you know the congregation that is the church paul talked about the church that was in uh church that was well in acts let me say i don't i don't know if that was paul let me correct myself but in acts it talked about the church that was in the wilderness so the church did not just all of a sudden pop up out of nowhere. The church was in the wilderness. Israel is the church. Israel is who God delivered his word to, and they were supposed to be a nation of priests. That is why the Lord said, hey, out of all the nations, only you have I known. Therefore, the Lord told him, I'm going to make you pay for your sins, for your iniquity. So, this is what we gonna kind of look look at. We're gonna go from the old testament and then we're gonna go into the new testament and we're gonna read the exact same thing. But this all starts with Israel. It is Israel's responsibility, it is Israel's duty to teach the word of God, to deliver the word of God according to what thus said the Lord. It is not the Gentiles uh job, it is not anybody else's job. It, it is the job of Israel. Jeremiah 2, and just read verse 3, Brother Benaiah. Israel was holiness unto the Lord, and the first fruits of his increase. Now notice he said something here. He said Israel was the first fruits of his increase. Talking about the nation. First fruits of his increase. We need to pay attention to that. Go ahead, brother. All that devour him shall offend. Evil shall come upon them, saith the Lord. And listen, at the time appointed, it, it's, 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 uh, the nations or those that, that abuse his people going to have to pay. But he said Israel was holiness unto the Lord and the first fruits of his increase. This is how serious the nation of Israel is to the true and living God. 
Israel is the first fruits of his increase. Mm -hmm. People don't understand that. This is serious business. This, this is this is his. That's why he say I've called my son out of Egypt. Yes, sir. Because we are the first fruits of his increase. It's just that Israel don't 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 care nothing about that. You know we we wanna we wanna deal with everything else except for being the first fruits of the true and living God's increase. Let's go uh, to Romans the third chapter. We're gonna go to Romans three and we're gonna pick it up at verse one. We're gonna move kind of swiftly because I wanna I wanna get we wanna get them all in and I don't want I don't want people you know hearing me go on and on and on. Romans three and we're gonna pick it up at verse one. But I just have, but the listeners have to understand that that this all this all starts with Israel. It is it is Israel's responsibility. Israel is the first fruits of the Lord's increase. So let's go to Romans three, and we're gonna pick it up at verse one. Go ahead, brother. What advantage then hath the Jew, or what profit is there in circumcision? Much every way chiefly because that unto them were committed the oracles of God. Now, this is Paul saying, what advantage have the Jew? Or what is uh, what profit is there of circumcision? Because people make it seem like there is no advantage. Like being, being, being Israel don't mean nothing. He said, but unto them were committed the oracles of God. It was committed unto us. That is the advantage. Let's go to uh, Romans one and and read verse sixteen, brother. But but this is this is the advantage, and we can go into other scriptures. But you know, for for the sake of time, we can't really delve deep into it. But Israel is the first fruits of of the true and living God's increase. The first fruits of His increase unto us belong the oracles of God. That is our advantage. Our advantage is not that we can run fast, not that we can jump high, and none of that. The the real advantage is we had the oracles of God. Yes, sir. We the first fruits of the true and living God's increase. Mm -hmm. Let's go to uh, uh, Romans 1 and read verse 16, Brother Benign. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is power, it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Now he he said another mouthful here. People, you know, I don't even understand why people say that that Israel don't matter because this is Paul, the apostle to the Gentiles, and he is telling you. He said, Look, he ain't ashamed of the gospel, but he said it is it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes. He said to the Jew last, or did he say to the Jew first? To the Jew first. He said to the Jew first and also to the Greek. God ain't no respecter of persons, but it's to the Jew first. Yes, the whole Because we the first fruits of his increase. Mm -hmm. Israel was holiness unto the Lord, the first fruits of his increase. So salvation to the Jew first mm -hmm. and also to the Greek. But I ain't going to let y'all out of here without giving you the other side of this. Mm-hmm. Because there's another side to it too. Romans 2 and and but now I get it. When you get it, brother, read verse 9. Romans 2 and read verse 9. Tribulation and anguish upon every soul of man that doeth evil, of the Jew first 
and also of the Gentile. So just like salvation to the Jew first, mm -hmm. the head busting coming to the Jew first. Mm -hmm. Tribulation, anguish, broken knees, <laughs> broke backs, split wigs to the Jew first. Yes, sir. Because you the first fruits of his increase, mm -hmm. not the other nations. So being that we are the first fruits of his increase, hey man, what the book tell you uh, uh, about if the lump is holy? You know what I'm saying? So if Christ is holy, how is it that the, his first fruits are going to be wicked? It just ain't going to happen. It, it ain't going to be. So hey man, tribulation and anguish to the, to the Jew first. And then also to the Gentile. But Israel going to catch it first. Let's go to uh, 1 Peter, the fourth chapter. Let's go to 1 Peter, the fourth chapter. We're going to move. We're moving right along. We're moving right along. But understand that it's to the Jew first and then to the Gentile, whether that be salvation or whether that be tribulation, anguish, and destruction. That also is to the Jew first. But some brothers, how you think that Israel can just act crazy and ain't nothing going to happen. They all going all Israel just going to stroll into the land. But that just ain't going to happen. Yes, sir. You ain't going to be defiled. I don't care if you are Israel, you ain't going to be defiled and get into a, and get it and, and, and get into the land or, or, or and, and get into the kingdom. How can that be? Yes, sir. When your God is holy. Yes, sir. And you're supposed to be the first fruits of his increase. How you going to be wicked? And defiled and think you just gonna stroll in, you're gonna pimp right into the land, huh? It ain't gonna happen. It's not happening. And we gotta wake up from that. Israel gotta stop thinking that you can't just do any old thing and think that hey, for some reason the, the most high gonna give you a pass. It ain't gonna happen like that. First Peter 4. And we're gonna read verse 17, brother Benai. Go ahead. For the time has come that judgment must begin at the house of God. And if it first begin at us, what shall be the end of them that obey not the gospel of God? See, this is how the Lord operate. This is the order. Mm -hmm. He said judgment going to begin first with the house of God. It's going to begin at the house of God. The judgment ain't, ain't, ain't going ain't gonna to begin nowhere else. If we go, if, if we, if we would have went to Ezekiel, when, when the Lord was showing Ezekiel all them abominations that they was doing. And then, and then he sent, and then he sent them through, through the kill. He said, Hey man, you started in my sanctuary. And when they got the killing, they started at the ancients. So these were, these were the elders that they started that, that the, uh, that the killing started with. Because this is the order. This is how the Lord operates. Sometimes we don't understand you in a position. If you're in a position and the Lord got you as an elder, a bishop, a teacher, or, or however, but you're in the position where you 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 guide and you're supposed to be guiding people or leading people in the right way, and you abuse that, well, you're going to be the first one to catch it. He said this is where judgment is going to begin with. He said it must begin at the at the house of God. He said, so if it's gonna if it's gonna begin with us, then what's gonna be the end of the ones that don't obey? 
they got to dig. I mean, you know what I'm saying? If, 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 if he going to bust out here first, then, you know, they ain't got nothing coming. Mm-hmm. But we but we need to understand that the judgment coming for us first, not everybody else. So we're going to move right along. Now we're going we gonna to get into dealing with order in the family. And this is something that we really want to try to work in more and more um, into the podcast because the family structure is very important. Um, nobody wants to go home to a house where it's strife and it's, you know, discord is hatred is, is, it's all, you know, it's, it's division. N- nobody want to go home to that. Uh, it's not healthy. And it's really, this is not how the Lord set it up. You know, for a man and woman to be together and be a unit and be one flesh was supposed to be a good thing. It's just that man has corrupted everything that the Lord set up. The man has corrupted it. It made the things uh, that, that were supposed to be good and profitable made them unprofitable. We have taken the order of God and the, and the balance that he set uh, in the church, in the house, and we have totally disregarded that. And we have made things to be uh, how we think they should be. And so we got to look at this. We're we going to look at this order in the family. So we're going to go to Genesis 3 and we're going to pick it up at verse 16. What we're going to deal with is what happened once once Adam and Eve, uh, once they got done talking with Satan. And then the punishment had to be handed down, which ultimately was death. Um, but the Lord also told them some other things on, on top of that. You know, he told them, you eat of this tree, you're going to, you know, you're going to die. But then once they ate of that tree, then the Lord had to let them know this is how things are going to be now. So he has something specific he told to the woman. He has some things specific that he told to the man that are still valid today, even though the world might not hold these things as being valid. The Lord set it up this way. And because the world is really not dealing with things in the order of God, you have disorder. You don't have balance between a husband and a wife or order in a household where you got a husband and a wife. It's just, and you got children. The, the, the balance, the order and the balance is out of whack all over the place. So we're going to go to Genesis 3 and uh, Brother Benai read verse 16. Unto the woman he said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy conception. In sorrow thou shalt bring forth children, and thy desire shall be to thy husband, and he shall rule over thee. So this is this is part of the judgment of God once they ate of that tree that they weren't supposed to. The man was going to rule over the woman. This is the way the Lord set it up. 
this ain't this is not something that the sisters should be frowning at this is not something that brothers should should use to uh mistreat their wife this is simply the way that the lord set it up he saw fit to make it this way he told her hey your desire gonna be to your husband and he shall rule over thee now sister you don't want no man to rule over you or you don't want your husband i should say let, let me be real specific hey you don't want your husband to rule over you that's on you um but i'm gonna tell you that a lot of conflict in marriages is because you you have a brother who trying to be the head and he's trying to do it righteously and sometimes not all the time sometimes you got a woman who feel like she not going she's not going subject herself or let him lead her because she feels like he's trying to control her or the world has taught her that that ain't the way it should be but this is the way the lord set it up so we're gonna go to titus the second chapter and we're gonna pick it up in verse three and brother solomon is gonna speak on titus the second chapter and we're gonna pick it up in verse three we we want to really try to break this down um just because you know the, the book talks about you know the, the man ruling over the woman they don't they don't they don't get a man uh they don't get a man uh, um the license to mistreat his wife but the book is gonna tell us that you know i mean we're gonna read that later but the order is that the man is the head that is the order anything other than that it's gonna be a problem within that marriage because if that man wants to take upon his role and be the head and lead his household and guide his household in a direction that's for the greater good of the household, then why why should it be any why should why should his wife have a problem with that? Why should she you know why should she resist him at at, at, at every turn? Because that might make you feel good because you being rebellious, but in the end, your marriage is going to suffer. And if you got kids, your kids going to suffer. Brother Solomon, go ahead. You, man, you're hitting it on the head right now, you know, and, uh, and I want to make sure that we paying attention to the scripture here that, uh, that we're about to read because the first few words, it says the aged women. Doesn't say the single woman, doesn't say the married woman, doesn't say the, the dating woman, it doesn't say, you know, it says he's speaking to women. Well, now you got a man, you know, uh, you got to pay attention to this. So um, we're here at Titus, second chapter. We're going to pick it up at uh, verse three. For now, when you got it there, go ahead and go. The aged women likewise, that they be in behavior as becometh holiness, not false accusers, not giving them much wine teachers of good things i would i would definitely want you know my daughters you know let me take it out of perspective of 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 a wife for myself so so that it can we can put this uh in a way that people can understand i have daughters so so i would want my daughters to be in to handle themselves and have a behavior that 
that it shows holiness. I wouldn't want my daughters to have to, to be liars and accuse people falsely or, or to be always drinking alcohol all the time and, and you know, or, or teaching bad things, you know, because he's speaking to women here in general. Go ahead and pick it up at verse four, brother. That they may teach the young women to be sober, to love their husbands, to love their children. Yeah, so the age women here, he's telling them they should have a responsibility. We're speaking about order here, so that's their that's their part in this thing now. So when you have the wise sisters, sisters who've been married and and, and know you know how to conduct themselves within God's laws and statutes, not their husband's laws and statutes, because their husband is also under God's laws and statutes. So you got those sisters who are who know that you know and following God and following Christ and are in a nice marriage. They should be teaching the young sisters how to be sober, how to love their husbands and how to love their children. They should be passing this experience, this knowledge and this wisdom along to the to the younger women. Uh, pick it up at verse five there, brother. To be discreet, chase keepers at home, good, obedient to their own husbands, that the word of God be not blasphemed. It don't say the word of their husband be not blasphemed. It say the word of God be not blasphemed. That's part of the program. You know, this the word of God instituted this order, and it's best for all of us to follow the order. I don't always want to follow what the government say or what the police say and what the governor say, but it's part of the order. He say you got to respect the authority. I have to respect the authority that's higher than me, that's, that's governing. And in the household, I have to be in authority. I have to be strong. I have to be a provider. I have to be a protector. And that should be respected like anything else because God said that should be respected. And he's telling the, you know, and, and keep in mind the instruction that he's giving them. Let's not, that you know, pass over that. To be discreet is very beneficial to anyone, male or female. That's that's good advice. That's strong advice to be discreet. That's part of being modest. You know, everybody ain't got to be in your business. Everybody ain't got to see everything. Everybody ain't got to hear everything. You know, Chase, keep us at home. Absolutely. If you got somebody who's bringing to the house and making sure that the house is taken care of and things are coming into the household, food is coming into the household, Raymond is coming into the household, that you even have a household, then it's best that everybody on a team is keeping that structure together. It benefits everyone in that household that everyone is taking care of everything there. You know, obedient to their own husbands, that the word of God be not blasphemed. So if the brother is doing what he got to do, the brother ain't beating you up every day and putting his hands on you. A brother ain't yelling and calling you out your name and, and, and being disrespectful to that extent. If you see a, a hardworking man, you're going to make mistakes. That's okay. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to forgive him and keep it going because you're going to make mistakes. The kids are going to make mistakes. Parents make mistakes. Everybody makes mistakes. We're not perfect, you know, but these are some very good instructions for, for the for the aged women and some good instruction for the younger sisters that's coming up in the word that we should be taking, they, they should be taking heed to. And it's good instruction for everybody in reality when you understand that that everybody is one body. You know, the house is, the, you know, if the, if the church of God, when we come together, is one body, then how much more is the household when you can't even perform in the church of God if you ain't got your household in order? Think about that for a minute. You got to make sure that your household is functioning as one unit. And that's why in Genesis, it spoke on that, you know, being one flesh. 
So I wanted to put that out there. It's very important for the young sisters to understand it. It's important for the young brothers to understand it because they got to lead in righteousness. They can't be dictators. They got to be following Christ. All of us have got to be following Christ. That's the head of everything. And that's yep. what I want. Go ahead, yes, brother. Sir. So I, I want to touch on the point in verse four. It said that they may teach the young women to be sober, to love their husbands. Again, back to love. It has to be taught. Godly love has to be taught. You ain't coming out the womb knowing what godly love is. You have to be taught that. And so they're supposed to teach the younger women to love their husbands. I know some sisters think they ain't got to love their husbands, but the book is telling you that. He, he he ain't just he ain't just the ATM machine, you know. <laughs> not just the dude that cut the grass and you know change the oil in the car, you know fix fix your flat tire, you know. You suppose sisters, you you supposed to love your husband, just like he's supposed to love you, you know. So it, it ain't all just about you know, you know what he can. It's all it can't just be all about what he could do for me, and then I ain't gonna you know. And then what I feel like doing, I do. It's it's about, again, understanding your role. But you have to learn how to love your husband. A husband has to learn how to love his wife. Because a lot of what we consider love, what we experienced growing up, a lot of that ain't it's not it's not godly love. It's not love according to what thus say the Lord. It's it's it's, it's love that that the, the, the world has instilled in our mind and said, this is what love is. But it's not godly love. So I really wanted to stress that, you know, teach them how to love their husbands. Love has to be taught. Let's let's move on. Let's go to First uh, Peter, the third chapter. And brother, but now you finally you finally going to get a chance to say something, brother, other than read. I ain't know I had you this far down. Oh, brother, you know it ain't no thing, man. I'm yes, just here to help to play my position, bro. And uh, dealing with playing a position, that's what it's about in the family. As we can read, if we go back to Acts, we're not going to go there now, but Acts 17, 26, you can read on, people can read on their own when they have chance. It talks about how God made of one blood all nations of men. And when he made of one blood all nations of men, that started with Father Adam and Mother Eve. And with Father Adam and Mother Eve, that lets you know that the initiation of the nation starts with God, the husband, and the wife. The husband and the wife, and all of those are positions. God is a position. He is an authority. He is a one who is in authority. The man who is the husband, he is in a, in a position. The husband is a position in the family. The wife is a position in the family. And these positions and this, this family is what sets the backbone for the community and for the nation. So when things are in disorder and the family is in disorder, then your nation and your community will be in disorder. First, you got to have God, but then you have to have strong families. But for people to be a family, they have to understand that everybody has a position. Those titles of husband and wife go with a position. So let's go to First Peter 3. Yes, sir. And and we, go ahead, brother. I'm sorry. 
let's go to first Peter three. We go pick it up at verse one because we're just looking over how you are supposed to operate in your position. We're going to go to verse one and then skip down to verse five, but pick it up at first uh, Peter three and verse one. Likewise, ye wives, be in subjection to your own husbands, that if any obey not the word, they also may without the word be won by the conversation of the wives. So for the wives who know the word of God, your position as a wife is to be in subjection like the word has shown in multiple uh, occasions. We've read it several times, but in you behaving correctly before the Lord your husband can be won by the way that you behave and the way that you carry yourself. Now let's go down to verse five. For after this manner, in the old time, the holy women also who trusted in God adorned themselves being in subjection unto their own husbands. So they adorned themselves being in subjection, walking correctly. Let's jump back to verse four. Go ahead. But let it be the hidden man of the heart and that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God of great price. So in verse three, which we didn't read, it talks about the adorning. Let it not be of the outward adorning, but it tells you, let your adorning, my sisters, let it be of the hidden man of the heart. It doesn't have to be with the new hairstyle. Or it doesn't have to be with the newest pair of uh, shoes or the newest skirt that you can buy. It should be of the hidden man. Go ahead, verse 6. Go back down to verse 6. Uh, verse 6. Even as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, whose daughters ye are, as long as ye do well and are not afraid with any amazement. So again, dealing with the subjection of the woman, just understand that, yes, you have to play that role. Verse 7. Because all we're looking at right now We're going to come back to verse 7 later. We're we going to come back to verse 7 once we deal with the husbands. Once we deal with the husbands, we're going to read verse seven, a few scriptures down. Oh, all right. We're going to come back to that. But understanding for the, for the, for the sisters understanding verse five, it says the holy women also who trusted in God, those are the two characteristics. Hey, they adorn themselves being in subjection unto their own husbands. So this is something that the Lord set up. And when you are like that, when you are under in subjection to your husband, then, hey, you showing the Lord that you honor the way, the order that he set up. This ain't got nothing to do with being no no no, no male chauvinist. This ain't got nothing to do with a, with a man trying to control you. We, we talking about a godly marriage, a godly family structure. This is how it's supposed to be. This is one of the. This is this is one of the uh, characteristics of that godly woman who, who who's holy and who trusts in God. Hey, she's going to be in subjection to her own husband. But what I want to read now. We want to go to Numbers 30 because I want the listeners to understand how much. Authority that God gave. The man. Even to the point with a man even if his wife made a vow to God the man can say that vow not going to stand because I just want people to understand that this is this is how serious the Lord is 
when it comes to this, when it comes to the man being being the head and the woman being in subjection to her husband. Let's go to Numbers 30 and we're going to pick it up at verse 3. Numbers 30 and we're and we going to pick it up at verse 3. And I know some sisters probably, man, going crazy. I ain't calling my husband. He ain't my Lord. I ain't calling him Lord. We ain't telling you. We ain't telling you you got to call your husband Lord. The book is just telling you that's what Sarah did. Yeah, the level of respect and the level of honor that she has towards her husband. That's right. all that it's showing. We ain't got to go. Right, but Abraham was a servant of God also. Mm. That 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 we got to put in there. Abraham wasn't no tyrant. You know what I'm saying? Abraham was the father of the covenant. So he kept the commandments of God. Mm. He kept his law, statutes, and judgments. So when the the head of the house is walking in the word of God, and he is serving God like that, then he he does deserve that honor. But the book is let's let you know, Sarah, who was a servant of God also, because she she served she 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 served God right along with her husband. Hey, she played her role like we talking about. This was this was her role. She called Abraham Lord. You ain't got to call your man Lord. You know what I'm saying? We ain't telling you that. I just want to make that clear. Cause I don't want nobody, I don't want no, I don't want nobody coming to me talking about I ain't calling, I ain't never calling him Lord. That's fine. <laughs> ain't what I'm saying. What the book is saying, though, he's getting like Brother Benign said, the book is just showing you the level of respect she had for Abraham. But hey, Abraham's father of the righteous. The Lord chose Abraham out of the whole earth and, and said, Hey man, you and your seed. I'm going to make this covenant with. So Abraham was a righteous man. You know, so we got to put it all together in context. It ain't just her just calling him Lord just because, but it was also because Abraham was a righteous man also. He did what he was supposed to do as a servant of God. But let's go to Numbers 30 and we're going to pick it up at verse 3. Numbers 30 and Brother Benai, we're going to pick it up at verse 3 because I really want to people to understand that the Lord put the man in a position to even to even disannul a vow that his wife made to God this is how serious this is numbers 30 and verse 3 go ahead if a woman also vow a vow unto the Lord and bind herself by a bond being in her father's house in a youth and her father hear her vow and her bond wherein she hath bound her soul or her father hath sold or and her father hold his peace. Then all her vows shall stand and every bond wherewith she hath bound her soul shall stand. Go ahead. But if her father disallow her in the day that he heareth, not any of her vows or of her bonds wherewith she hath bound her soul shall stand and the Lord shall forgive her because her father disallowed it. Now, this is a woman, you know, she ain't had no husband. So she, but her father, so her father is head over her, right? Because cause father, he's the head of his household. So if her father hear her make a vow to the Lord now, not to him, she ain't making no vow to her father. She making it to the Lord. If he hear it, don't say nothing. She got to do it. But if he hear it and he say, nah, it ain't going to happen. Then, hey, the Lord going to forgive her that. He ain't going to even hold that to her. Go ahead, brother. And if she have at all in husband when she vowed or turneth aught of her out of her lips, wherewith she bound her soul, 
and her husband heard it. And he held his peace at her in the day that he heard it. Then her vows shall stand and her bonds wherewith she bound her soul shall stand. So now she got a husband. It's the same thing. Go ahead, brother. Verse eight. But if her husband disallowed her on the day that he heard it, then he shall make her vow which she vowed and that which she uttered with her lips wherewith she bound her soul of none effect. And the Lord shall forgive her. Now he said if her husband disallowed that he heard that vow and he disallowed it now this is a vow that his wife is making to god it ain't got nothing to do with the husband she making the vow to god but he said if her husband disallow it when he hear it he said he make that vow that she vowed of non-effect and the lord gonna forgive her now if the lord is allowing her husband to carry that to, to have that much uh authority then that should click that should click in your mind that this is this ain't just about no this ain't just about trying to control a man trying to control his wife or or just you walking around telling her what to do this is a great responsibility for the man because you got to be righteous when the lord give you that much authority you definitely as the head have to be righteous I, I don't want the sisters to think like I'm like I'm like the brothers is going to get a pass and they're going to ride off in the sunset because that ain't that, that ain't what this is. But the sisters got to understand for those who have a husband, sisters, you got to understand the Lord gave this man this authority. And if the brother is trying to walk in righteousness, sister, you should not. You should not be resisting him. Uh, uh, you should not be trying to uh, uh, usurp authority over him, or or you know, just trying to make you know stop him from leading his house because that's his job. That's what the Lord gave him to do, and you are supposed to be in subjection to your husband. But this is how serious it is. But we're gonna look at the disorder that exists in Israel. Because it ain't like that in Israel for the most part. But the Lord had this written. Let's go to Isaiah, the third chapter. And we just going to read verse 12. Because we want to start to understand why the family structure in our community is so messed up. One of the, one of the reasons it is. One of the reasons. It's, it's the, the family structure is, is, is totally just... It's chaos. It's total disorder. But the Lord, but the Lord, Lord told us this is what's going on. Um, Isaiah, the third chapter, and brother, read verse twelve. When you when you get it, brother, go ahead. As for my people, children of their oppressors, and women rule over them. Uh huh. Oh, my people. They which lead thee cause thee to err and destroy thy way of thy paths. See, now the Lord said, as for my people, talking about Israel, he said, children are the oppressors. That, that, that's a problem in and of itself. The, the, the ones we should be raising up and teaching them the commandments of God, they oppress us. They are our oppressors. And he said, women rule over them. Because the whole, the whole structure, family structure is just, is, is shot. It's it's all it's 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 all just it's it's not in order anymore in 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 our community. You know you gonna have you gonna have a, a a young male, 
and he ain't gonna have no father at home because maybe his father locked up or maybe he just don't his father skipped out stepped out on him and he don't care to know him now he growing up and his all he his mother is raising sometimes, him sometimes a woman keep the, the the father from the child some sometimes that too but i'm just saying the man ain't there his father not there so he gonna grow up and what example does he have to to show him how to be a husband to how to be a father he don't he don't have that example that uh, from 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 a man he ain't got it you 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 get a young lady she grew up in the house it's just it's just her mom okay she ain't never seen her mother being a subjection to 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 her husband maybe her father wasn't there right so her mother is in charge but she not gonna understand how to be a wife she ain't gonna her man she probably gonna be like i ain't ain't man not gonna tell me nothing even if she grow even if she gets older and, and gets married that's gonna stick with her like we was talking before the, the podcast you gotta understand how somebody was raised you know Man, you got under you got a wife. You got to understand how your wife was raised because that shapes the way she thinks. A woman, you got to understand if you you get a husband, you got to understand how he was raised because that's gonna shape the way he thinks um, about a lot of things. And so, when when you don't have the order that the Lord set up, it's gonna be a problem. Children are gonna I our children are going to be our oppressors because you, you're going to get a, you're going to get a boy. He's going to get so old. He's going to get 15, 16. He ain't going to listen to his mother, you know, unless she really knock him upside his dome, but he going, he going to get in his mind. Like, Hey man, I, I do what I want. Now he wild. He out there in the street. wild, Uh, or, you know, his mother being a weaker vessel, like the book talk about the woman being a weaker vessel. She might, she might not she might not want to discipline him too hard because maybe she feel bad he don't have a father around so she gonna shower him with love and ain't nothing wrong with that but what he need is 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 somebody to put their foot up his trousers to 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 kind of bring him back from 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 destroying himself because he gonna go out there and lose his mind because ain't it, it, it ain't it ain't nobody there to ain't nobody there to 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 reel him in. So it's all a domino effect. And I'm not saying that a, a woman can't raise her children. What I'm saying is, when you got women ruling over the people instead of there being a husband or a father there to play his role, when that role ain't present. This is this is what happens. You have a family structure that's just basically destroyed. So we we need to understand that this is something that plagues our community. It it's not it don't plague other nations like that. It plagues us where a whole lot of fathers ain't ain't no way around their children or don't have relationships with their children or don't care to know who their children is or you you got women who who won't allow their children to to have relationships with their father because her and the father got something going on, or you know 
don't you know the man don't know how to play his role as a husband woman don't know how to play her role as a wife so the marriage don't work now now y'all divorce and now the kids is either staying you know most likely staying with they with their mother so all of this is just as time goes on it just slowly destroys the family structure and you don't have order in the family you don't have balance it, it, it shouldn't, you know, it, it shouldn't be that way, but that's the way it is. Let's go to uh, Genesis three, because now we're going to deal, we're going to deal with the, we're going to deal with the, with the man. We're going to deal with the man because man got a man got responsibility too. And if we would have read in numbers, we would have seen that the man ain't got no out. When he, when, when the man make a vow to the Lord, it, it ain't no out for him. We just didn't read that verse, but he got to pay whatever, whatever vow he vowed, he got, he got, he got, he got to pay it. Ain't nobody there to say, oh, no, you ain't got to do it. He was bound because the man is the head. You bound to your vow, brothers. You can't make no vow and then walk away like, oh, I changed my mind. That, that ain't going to, that, that ain't going to happen. But we're going to go to Genesis 3, and we're going to pick it up at verse 17. When you get it, now, go ahead. And unto, a, unto Adam, he said, Because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, and hast eaten of the tree, of which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it. Cursed is the ground for thy sake. In sorrow shalt thou eat of it all the days of thy life. Go ahead. Thorns also and thistles shall it bring forth to thee, and thou shalt, be, and thou shalt eat the herb of the field. Go ahead, brother. In the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread till thou return unto the ground, for out of it wast thou taken. For dust thou art, and unto dust shalt thou return. He said, in the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread. In other words, brother, you got to work. You got to work. Not live off of your woman. Even though that may be comfortable for you. A servant of God, a man that's a servant of God going to work. That's your responsibility. The Lord even talk about in other scriptures, uh, uh, food, you know, a man um, providing food and raiment for his wife. Um, but a man got to work. That's all to it. You know, you can't be no brother out here. You just living off of women. But you ain't going to, you ain't going to work one day you ain't gonna do nothing you just gonna lay up under a sister that got a car and you're gonna play that game until you know she get tired of you but that's because that's what that's, that's what that's what some men do they they, they just live off of women but a, a servant of god a man that's a servant of god a man that's gonna be a husband according to the word of god gonna get out there and he gonna work he gonna provide for his family let's go to uh First Timothy five, and, and we gonna pick it up at verse eight. And brother, but now you gonna expound on this? Yeah, absolutely. Just to piggyback on how the Lord had it set, where man has to work by the sweat of his brow, and he does not get the opportunity to just lay up and I guess just just seep or just suck off of somebody else. A man has to work, and that's right. At least a righteous man has to work. And it's expounded on here in First Timothy three, First Timothy five, and 
we're going to pick this up at verse 8. Now, here it's speaking about widows and so forth and so on, but it also touches on the man and who he's supposed to provide for. Verse 8, uh, 1 Timothy 5, and pick it up at verse 8. But if any provide not for his own, and special... So for his own, this ain't talking about the woman. This saying if any provide not for his own, go ahead. And especially for those of his own house. Uh Uh-huh. He have denied the faith and is worse than an infidel. So a person, a man who does not do what he has to do to provide for his own household has denied the faith, has denied the knowledge of God and is worse than an infidel, worse than somebody who doesn't even believe. With that said, we really got to take into account when, when even with, as a man may want to go into having the title of husband, can he provide for their of his own household? If we haven't gotten to that point, then we really shouldn't be looking towards having a wife because we're already starting down a wrong path of having a household or having a family. Uh, Brother Hissamak? Yeah, yeah, definitely, man. Again, you, you briefly touched on it and stuff. And I just want when you look at a title change that you have and that you're going to get or you want to obtain, you got to really start to look at what comes with that role. You know what I'm saying? And I know we've been touching on women, but right here for a man, a title change comes from, you know, of a husband. That's a title change. And it comes with different responsibility than just being, you know, a, a, a brother. You know, just like a father, you got, you know, different responsibilities. You, you got to really start to understand that if I'm going into a new role, I got to prepare myself for that. You know what I'm saying? Because nobody wants to get a family and just fail it. That's not the goal. The goal of what God is trying to teach us through his word, even through good examples, like He what we touched on earlier about the, the elder women Showing a younger woman, you you get a good example to show you and to help you, even if it's verbal or nonverbal. You see and you be like, okay, that's where I'm going. That's what I need to do. You know, people think ain't no when when you get these title chains, you don't get no break. <laughs> ain't no days off for no father. Ain't no days no, off sir. for husband. Ain't no days off for no servant. We we got to understand this. This is how uh, we have good success in the word of God. We understand what role that we're going into and what we need to do, get good support around that, start to understand what comes with these responsibilities. Then that's when you go and you have greater success. Then that's when you go and you be more proper. Then that's when you go and people be looking at you like, man, that man, he on he his job. Praise God. He doing what he need to do to yes, be sir. successful in that role. Yes, sir. And, and I, I want to really... Uh, what what Benai said, like, you know, if if you're not in a position where you can provide for a household, then that shouldn't be something you should be trying to go and do. Um, because a lot of times, you know, hey, man and woman hook up, you know, I like you, you like me, you know, y'all, y'all go back to uh junior high or something. But when the reality kick in, you know, and the brother not in a position to provide then that's that's gonna be it's gonna be a problem um or they don't have some understanding uh some some deeper understanding of of how the house is gonna get run now you got kids 
And now all of a sudden, now it's all this stress because we got kids, mm-hmm. we married or whatever, we living together. And now the reality set in that, you know, and and, and the man, some the man gonna be like, man, well, why you on me? Well, because you <laughs> supposed to be the provider. Yeah. That's why. Yeah. You, you see what I'm saying? So it, it's it's gonna create that problem yeah. if you not prepared for that. But understanding that the Lord in Genesis told Adam about uh uh eat by the sweat of his bra. He didn't say that to 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 Eve, he said that to the man. So you the one that gotta work, definitely. Mm-hmm. There is no, there ain't no if ands or buts about it. You you got to be the provider. You got now. I understand. I know some brothers are gonna say, "Well, hey man, I'll make that." I understand, but still, when it come down to it, it's 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 the man's responsibility to make sure that his house got food, raiment, uh, got a roof over their head. Now his wife, if she's if she's a virtuous woman, a a, a help that's meet for him, of course. She 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 ain't gonna she ain't gonna watch she ain't gonna watch her children uh uh be hungry or 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 not have a place to sleep. She gonna she gonna help you. You see what I'm saying? But at the same time, a brother shouldn't be waiting on his on his on his wife to do everything and he just lay up. Mm-hmm. But that's just not the way it go. Yes, sir. Um, but 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 you gotta work. You 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 the man. You got to work, brother. Uh, brother Benai, go ahead. Yeah, being a man and having to work, it's uh, it goes whereas you have to work. And then also, if you, I'm not saying that you have to be all the way right, like all like making hundreds, thousands, 200,000 a year. But if you not all the way where you can fully provide for a household, you better be real careful of the type of woman you get. Yes, sir. Because you're going to have to be, get a type of woman whereas uh, Proverbs uh, 30 talks about, uh, our Proverbs 31st chapter talks about a virtuous woman and a virtuous woman to work with you. She's going to bring something to the table. But if you just want a, if you just want a trophy, then you got to pay the price for a trophy. Mm-hmm. Right. But and then, you- but, but then that's, but then that's, that's, that's some worldly way of thinking, you know, because you shouldn't, it should no man be looking for no wife and all he thinking about is, uh, you know, she she looked like a trophy, and if that's all you basing it on, yeah, you, you gonna have a problem. You gonna even if you got even if even if you got the money, you even if you make that kind of money, you still gonna have a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, because the marriage can't just be based on all physical things. That that yeah. that just ain't gonna work. But yeah, consider consider that's all i'm saying is if you get you a virtuous woman she finna work with you for you she finna be good she finna fit the lord but um if you if you thinking that con away hey bro you gonna pay for it and yep. you and no no because you gotta work for your household no matter what absolutely but just for you brothers who are uh, in the world who all y'all thinking like you you getting caught up on that physical thing oh boy you best believe you gonna pay for that absolutely brother solomon yeah, you know, and <laughs> even if you ain't looking for a wife, you could be single. You shouldn't be laying up in your mama house not doing nothing. Like, you need to get out there and get a job. A brother needs to be preparing himself for the mission of, of the kingdom, for the gospel in general. If a brother's trying to be in Christ and you're trying to live in the newness of life, you should be focused on getting your act together. With or without a wife, you shouldn't even consider no wife. 
over no girlfriend or nothing if you can't even, you know, get yourself up and be on your own and take care of your bills and have something for someone to come to, somewhere to raise a child if that's something in the future. So if you're single and staying at your mama house, staying with your sister, your brother, I understand hard times happen to people. I've been in in a marriage and, and when that ended, I had to go to my mama's house for a couple months and then I got whoop, right up out of there and said, hey, this is a real world. You got to get right back on it. Ain't no breaks in life, you know? So I just wanted to put that out there for the brothers, man, because you know, when we was reading about the sisters, we was very direct about that and we was very clear and brothers need to step it up no matter what's going on. They need to be on, they need to get a job and then to be on top of it, you know? Yes, sir. I hear some Mac. Did you have something else, bro? Yeah, definitely. I, I want to add to this too, man. R- remember, once you start as a husband, you start at a point. Okay, I, I embarked on, you know, raising a family over a decade ago. I was at one point, but I wanted to continue to grow. So I learn more. I get a better job. I do more. Now I can bring more into my home. It's a process as you grow on being a better husband, like being a better Serve you grow. Your first day as a husband ain't going to be nothing like your last day or over that whole course. Or the, your first day when you get baptized ain't going to be like your whole lifespan over you being a servant. It's a process where you're going in a direction. Hopefully you're going in the right direction. Hopefully you had good examples, people to teach you, people to show you, take you under their wing. This how you love. This is what it's about. You know, we've experienced a lot of the ups and downs and marriages and friendships and all that stuff. But the goal is that you learn and you do better. The goal is you striving to be the best. Like, I ain't, you know, I, I got a saying that me and my daughter say it exceeds expectations. You know what I'm saying? She don't want to come home to no crappy father. My wife don't want to come home to no crappy husband. I'm trying to exceed expectations. So, hey, man, I'm striving to be better and do better. I'm striving to show, hey, man, even for my daughter, if you get a husband, he got to work as hard as me. You know what I'm saying? But I'm looking at my example, my father, even I'm looking beyond that, man, to God. God didn't cast none away. He cared for this creation as a good husband to um, this creation, as a creator. And that's giving us all this structure and order and balance so we can be successful. That's what we got to kind of see in these in, and even in these roles as a husband and as a wife. You step your game has to step up when it comes with that title change. Absolutely, brother. And, and that is a very good point. Uh, but we want to move on. We got four more scriptures left. We we an hour and a half in. I want to kind of get through these. But but I knew this was going to happen. Though. Once 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 we got on this last part, I knew I knew it was going to be a whole lot of talking. But. <laughs> <laughs> because that the subject is is you you could talk about this for eight hours uh, because it's it's a lot of it's a lot of intricates to it uh, and we all still learning as we go you know Second uh, Thessalonians though let's go to Second Thessalonians the third chapter and we are gonna pick it up at verse ten and we still talking about you know uh, a man having to work and 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 this is something that the Lord set up. So, cause I, don't, I just like we was on the sisters, we on the brothers. The Lord said, "You gonna eat by the sweat of your brow." 
So he, he, he telling you that you're going to have to work. This is what the Lord set up for the man to do work. And that ain't all, but just what we'll, we'll, we just lay in the groundwork, brother. You got to be the provider. You got to be the one. And, and if you're not able to do that, you know, then we telling you, you should be very careful about getting into a marriage or, or having and, and having kids if you're not in that position because it's going it, it, it's going to cause friction especially if, if 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 your wife is expecting you to be that and you financially maybe maybe are not able to do it by yourself but if she's expecting you to do that then you need to pause Yes, sir. Because you can't expect nobody to change their expectations just because you in a certain position and, and you expect them to change. But you don't you know what I'm saying? But, you know, it, you, you just can't expect that. You, you, you have to you have to deal with people as as they are. You, you have to you got a wife. You got to accept her. You have to accept what however she thinks about it. You you have to work it out. She got to accept you. Y'all shouldn't be trying to change each other or or you know uh, force force the other person to uh, to do what you want or think the way you want them to think because ain't ain't none of that gonna happen. So you got to make sure that you all on the same. <coughs> but let's go to Second Thessalonians three and pick it up at verse ten, bro. For even when we were with you, this we commanded you. That if any would not work, neither should he eat. And Paul said, look, we, we told you this when we was with you. He said, if any would not work, neither should he eat. Go ahead, brother. For we hear that there are some which walk among you disorderly, working not at all, but are busybodies. Now, the, the key word is disorderly. He said, for we hear that there are some which walk among you disorderly. That's what we're talking about. We're talking about what is order. What is order? What is balance? Okay, the man ain't working. That's disorder. He say working not at all. He said, but our busybodies. In other words, you got too much time on your hand. Mm -hmm. You were you you doing everything else except for working. Mm -hmm. You 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 and this you and this brother you and this brother marriage. You over there in this this brother business. You and that sister business. You a busybody. Go get a job. Go work. So you can get tired and have to go to sleep. <laughs> don't, don't, don't be no busybody because you are disorderly. Mm -hmm. As a servant of God, you are dis if you a man, you you're supposed to be a servant of God, you are disorderly if you just laying around and you ain't working. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And you able to and you able to work. I ain't talking about no brothers that they maybe have a disability and they can't work no, you know, nine to five job or whatever. I ain't talking about that. What I'm talking about is a brother who know he can get out there and work and just won't do it. Mm -hmm. and he a, he got so much time on his hands. Now he a busybody. Mm -hmm. Now he and everybody else. Now he and everybody else's business. And he the one. He the one sewing. He gonna end up be the one sewing discord because mm -hmm. he ain't got nothing else to do. Yeah. He ain't got nothing to do but but to, but to talk about this person and man such and such told me this and man I was over there with that brother and I seen him do this. His wife was doing that. You gonna be the one. You gonna be the. It's gonna drag you, and now you gonna be the one sowing discord among brethren. You gonna be the one causing trouble 
because you got too much time on your hands. So that's disorderly, period. The Lord set it up. He said, hey, man, you're going you gonna to eat this. You're going to eat bread by the sweat of your bra. That means you got to work. That's your job. You the provider. That's your job. You got to work. Let's go to uh, let's go to First Peter the third chapter, and we just gonna read verse seven. First Peter three, and we just gonna read verse seven. We want to get these last few in, brother Benai, It's on you. First Peter three. Yes, sir. And so I'm, I'm gonna read verse seven, but go ahead, brother. Yeah. So going into this, uh, like we were just talking about, brothers, we have a job. As far as taking on the title of husband, you have a job, and you have a way that you have to treat your wife. Of course, you got your job where you got to work, and you got to work. Why? Because the bills come back every month, and them kids come to the table every day. So you gotta work. There's no getting around that. Uh, that's your responsibility to make sure that those things uh, work out. But now going into how you should treat those in your household uh verse uh first peter three and pick it up at verse seven likewise ye husbands dwell with them according to knowledge giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel and as being heirs together of the grace of life that your prayers be not hindered so we read earlier where the woman is supposed to be subject to the husband. But here we're seeing where husbands are supposed to dwell with their wives according to knowledge, giving honor unto the weaker, unto the wife, heirs unto the weaker vessel. Now, what does it mean by giving honor to the wife, heirs unto the weaker vessel? You have to accept that she will not have the same strengths as you. It's like, it's like you can't go out on a basketball court and expect your wife to perform like your boy will, who's six three, a uh-huh. hundred, uh, two hundred twenty pounds. Uh-huh. You know, jump uh, six six, two hundred twenty pounds, jumping out the gym. You cannot look at your wife, even though she's your teammate. You can't look at her as if she's supposed to be the stronger vessel, the stronger person on the team. You have to give honor to her in her weakness, in the places where she falls short mm-hmm. and that, and that where you dwell with her according to knowledge. And if you kept, if we kept reading it, uh, it would tell you about being of one mind, having compassion one to another. You got to, this goes with your household too. You got to have compassion towards your wife. And when you do that, you're looking at, you are being a team talking about being heirs together of the grace of life, you know, gaining that salvation of God. And also your prayers not being hindered when you're not looking at your wife with bitterness. But when you're looking at your wife as the weaker vessel, as the one who you have to support, that is your job. Yes, sir. So let's go to Ephesians 5 and 25. Let's go to Ephesians 5 and 25. In other words, brothers, your wife is not one of the fellas. You don't treat your wife like one of the fellas. You shouldn't be talking to her like she one of the fellas. Cause she is the weaker vessel. You have to give her that honor. Not like she wanted the boys because that's, that's just not, that's just not orderly. That's not in order, but Ephesians five, and we're going to read verse 25, Ephesians five and read verse 25, brother. Husbands love your wife, your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. Now we even get into something more here. He said, husbands love your wives. Because earlier we read where the the older sisters were supposed to show the younger sisters how to love their husbands. Okay, the the, the Lord is turning around, letting husbands know 
you love your wives. But he said, even as Christ uh, loved the church and 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 he he gave himself for it. So he gave up his life for his church. Now, how many brothers can do that for their wife? Mm-hmm. Take a bullet for your wife. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to be willing to give up your life for your wife. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. So this is, you know, this ain't no, you know, I, I'm, you know, some brothers man act like, you know, you know, everything, you know, the woman got to do all everything and, and all he got to do is, is stand up and stick his chest out and be noticed. But that is not so. The man got a greater responsibility because you got to be willing to give up your life for your wife. So this ain't nothing to play with. This is something to consider. And this is something that we all have to think about um, because the Lord set it up in a certain order. He set the structure. We have to try to follow it to the best of our ability. But this is what the Lord is requiring. All we reading about with, with the woman and with the man, this, this, this is what the Lord is requiring. This is what the Lord got written. Don't get mad at me. Don't get mad at none of the brothers on the podcast. Get mad at your book. Get <laughs> mad at the words at this, that you're reading. But it's, it's, it's only our, it's our job to put it out there. Because just like you might need help, the brothers on this podcast, we need help too. Yes, sir. We yes, need sir. we need healing too. Yes, sir. So we all have to we all we all got to deal with this together. But this is your responsibility as a husband. Now we're gonna go to one more place. We're gonna go to Colossians three, and we're gonna pick it up at verse eighteen. Colossians three and eighteen, and brother Benign, you gonna read that, brother? Um, I ain't trying to rush you, but I am gonna tell you, brother. Uh, let's try to get through it. Uh, we we a minute and forty we an hour and forty six minutes in. Hey, bro, it's all good. You ain't trying don't... to rush me, but uh, but hurry up. I got you. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You know how it go. But uh-huh. yeah. we we gonna we 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 gonna get this down. We gonna get this down to an hour and fifteen minutes eventually, man. What? Y'all, not, y'all, not y'all, with this subject. Y'all talk too much, man. I don't understand what the problem is. <laughs> y'all talk too much, man. <laughs> I don't understand, man. All right, let me go to Colossians three. And I'm going to pick it up at verse 18 for you, brother. Uh-huh. Go ahead. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as it is fit in the Lord. Now, this is rehashing something that we read earlier. And as we go through this, this is actually just a synopsis of the family structure and how we're supposed to treat each other. Go ahead. Husbands, love your wives and be not bitter against them. So you can't be sitting there, this woman don't do, she ain't do this right, or she ain't do that right, or or whatever, or whatever things you can find. Because guess what? When you a husband and when you a male, you the Lord, the Lord will have it. Whereas, well, I'm not going to say the Lord will have it, but Satan is going to attack you, and he's going to attack your marriage. So you have to be careful because Satan to have you seeing evil and having you be have an evil eye against your wife when it's something that you have to look at or you rather you should be looking at as just part of her being a weaker vessel. Certain things that she's not doing and you got to dwell with her according to knowledge as the weaker vessel. But you can't start growing bitter against your wife. Go ahead. Children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing unto the Lord. 
So that's what the children are supposed to do. The people, the ones in your family, the ones on your team who has the title of children, they have to learn to obey their parents in all things. Why? Because this is pleasing unto the Lord. In fact, this is the fourth command. This is the fifth commandment where it says, honor thy father and thy mother. Let's get, go down to uh, verse 21. Fathers, provoke not your children to anger, lest they be discouraged. And I know sometimes fathers, because I suffer from this which is uh, where you'll be like, man, why ain't you, come on, bro, you got to do, you know, we we grew up in a time where we I played football and some of y'all played football and sports and you got that hard love, but sometimes you got to dwell, deal with your children and not be provoking them anger. You can't always put them down for the things that they've done wrong. Even if it's wrong, you got to let them know, yeah, you didn't do good, but you got the ability to do well. You got you got to let them know that you you didn't do it right. But, hey, bro, you got the ability to do right. Now, let's work on it. You can't be provoking them to anger because all it's going to do is discourage them and make them worse and have them grow, uh, go deeper in the pit. Go yes, ahead. Yes. Sir. And that's it. That's verse 21. Yep. And uh, just just to add on to that, that that's why the Lord talked about like a, a husband dealing with his wife and knowledge. You got to deal with your kids with knowledge, too. You know, just just talking crazy to them you know that don't mean that you you helping them you know it's it's all about you tell them they wrong what they did wrong but then it's about instructing them mm-hmm. on on what to do right you know not not just not just being uh verbally abrasive not just uh you know railing on them because they're your kids you know don't provoke them to anger because when you angry at your parent, it makes you rebel. You're going to get old enough and then you're going to start rebelling. Cause I'm pretty sure all of us rebel, you know, your parent get to talking crazy to you, man, I don't want to hear this no more. And the first thing you think about is what am I getting ready to go do? Because I don't want to hear this no more. And, and when you got that, when you got that, that, that young mind, your mind is on, let me go out here and act a fool and act stupid. Cause that's going to make me feel better. So you can't provoke your children, you know, but as a, as a father, as a husband, you got to deal with your wife and your children deal with them with knowledge. But that comes from being a servant of God and understanding how you have to be, which is a growing process. Like brother Hissamax said, but I want to thank the listeners uh, for joining us here on another edition of the biblical resolutions podcast. The title of today was Order and Balance. And uh, we hope uh, you were edified with this message. Um, As always, please, uh, uh, I ask you again to uh, follow us on our uh, Podbean page, which is hojbible.podbean.com. Or you can uh, follow us on our the House of Jacob's website, which is thehouseofjacob.org, thehouseofjacob.org. This is brought to you by the House of Jacob Bible Study Class, located at 2515 East 75th Street in Chicago, Illinois. Thank the brother. I want to thank the brothers for being on the podcast and participating. And uh, say grace and peace to the listeners in the name of Jesus.